We are close, people. Like, seriously, we're close. The World Cup kicks off on Sunday, and the United States take on Wales on Monday. That game against Wales is going to be absolutely huge for the U.S. A win and three points puts them in a good spot against England on Black Friday. A loss or a draw puts them into something of a pressure cooker. To help me learn more about Wales ahead of their matchup with the U.S., I called up Michael Perlman, who works for BBC Sport Wales. Michael knows the team inside and out and has more than a few insightful thoughts about this Wales team, their history, their personality, and their perspective going into a game against the U.S. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the USMNT in just 10 minutes or less. So hang out with us while you take a break from work or while you make breakfast or while you work on your Welsh pronunciation. Here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Michael Perlman from BBC Sport Wales. Michael, thanks for being here. Pleasure to be with you. So this is just Wales' second ever World Cup appearance, the first coming back in 1958. Michael, why has it been so long since Wales have been to this tournament? I think whatever soccer team you can think of in club football with the most kind of near misses and oh-so-nears and yet-so-far stories in their history, and Wales are the international version of that. Uh, Wales have come very close to qualifying for World Cups in the past, most notably your own uh, World Cup 94 uh, in the USA. Wales were a penalty kick away potentially from reaching USA 94. Paul Bowden hit the crossbar in a penalty that I hope against Romania that lots of people will Google after this chat. But yeah, Wales (laughs) have had several near misses. And basically, I mean, aside from that, they're a country of three million people and that generally just obviously however passionate you are about football puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage and traditionally Wales has been more of a rugby country than a football country though I would say that has probably changed in in recent years. Oh interesting so what what are some of the factors behind maybe football's growing appeal in Wales relative to a sport like rugby? First of all the success of the Welsh team at Euro 2016 so Wales reached the semi-finals of the Euros which was their first major tournament appearance since the 1958 World Cup so it was it was great just to be there and obviously the fact they went all the way to the last four they knocked out Belgium who were at the time were either world number 1 or on their way to being ranked world number 1 team um they really really punched above their weight and that team has it's kind of i would say it's more than just a team in terms of how they identify with the welsh public there is quite a i would say there's quite a link between the welsh football team and a fairly increased rise in a sense of welsh patriotism and togetherness uh the together stronger is the slogan of the football team they describe themselves as the red wall which is a a kind of a rip-off of the yellow wall from Borussia Dortmund but it's the ethos is kind of you know they've grown together this was a team that sells out regularly now 25,000 at at the Cardiff City Stadium and while that doesn't seem like a big deal you know 10-15 years ago Wales were playing in front of crowds of well under 10,000 all the time. Um, So the other factor, of course, is the Premier League. You know, it's on our doorstep. 
Cardiff and particularly Swansea have both been Premier League clubs. It's a huge product. It's the biggest league in the world in terms of its mass appeal. And obviously some of those players play in the in the Welsh national team. So, Michael, can you tell me a little bit about Welsh national team manager Robert Page? How does he approach coaching and how does he set up this Welsh team to play? First and foremost, he is a fairly pragmatic guy. Uh, Wales are not going to play gung-ho attacking football. They are going to try and limit your chances. They're going to try and hit you on the counter-attack. They are not particularly going to be bothered if they dominate the ball. But to understand Rob Page's philosophy, you probably need to look at Rob Page, a player. He was a central defender who had no airs and graces about him. He, he brought, you know, he wasn't a Premier League star by any means. And then his managerial career, he's he's a previous manager of Northampton Town. He's a previous manager of Port Vale. If any of your readers or listeners have heard of those clubs, it's probably because Robbie Williams, the pop star, supports Port Vale. That's about the biggest connection there is. You know, he's he obviously was part of Ryan Giggs's setup. Ryan Giggs obviously left for reasons, nothing to do with his performance as, as Wales manager. And Rob Page has kind of been in a position of picking up the pieces, so to speak. It should be remembered that Wales's last truly successful manager was Chris Coleman. He came into the job on the back of horrendous circumstances because he he picked up the pieces after after the untimely and shocking death of Gary Speed. So there is kind of precedence of a manager coming in with Wales at a time when things are sort of difficult. And Wales's qualification campaign was it was really bad at the start. You know they lost two of their first three games. It really looked like they were at best going to finish third in their qualification group, and they came kind of came strong at the end and then also beat Ukraine in a playoff at a time where obviously there was so much emotion and focus on that game because of the situation in Ukraine. So it's been, he's had a real journey just to, just to get here. And I mean, as I say, he's pragmatic, but at the same time, this is a guy that is, this is his dream job. You know, he is absolutely living his best life being Wales manager. And, and that's kind of reflective of the, of the people and of the, of the country itself, because this is just a huge, huge deal for Wales. Okay, so that's the manager, Robert Page. Who's one player that US fans should watch for from Wales? And the trick here, Michael, is that you, you don't get to say Gareth Bale because that's too easy. <laughs> I mean, of course, it is. The, the, sure. I will give you a more fun answer. The truth is, it's Gareth Bale. He is... In many, I mean, he's not just the star player. He's not just the talisman. This is, there are so many great players who never play at a World Cup because of the nation they're from. And obviously, the fact that Gareth Bale is going to a World Cup is is huge. Ignoring Gareth Bale, you take your pick of one of one of two. And again, one I would expect uh, people are going to be more familiar with. That's Aaron Ramsey. He's a player who in the last couple of years of his career is perhaps able to kind of tailor everything around Wales. Wales is almost, for some of the squad, become more important than than playing for their clubs. But the one I would say as a kind of could surprise people and, and, and is definitely one that the USA will be wary of is Brennan Johnson, who plays for Nottingham Forest. So Brennan Johnson has not had a huge impact yet in the Premier League, but he's incredibly quick. He's technically really, really good on the ball. Dan James, obviously another Wales attacker. He's also very quick, but I think Brennan Johnson offers more more end product. And he's his father, David Johnson, he played for Wales as well. So he's sort of 
easily immersed and very quickly into the into the Welsh culture. And yeah, I'd say he's he's a player definitely to watch out for. Michael, what do you expect from Wales to close us out here in their game against the US? Do you think it's a good matchup for Wales, bad matchup for Wales? What is the the perception of that game? I would spin it that it is a good matchup for Wales to have first in the context of every team in this group is in the top 20 in the world. So as much as I think you would make England just because of some of the players they have and some of their past tournament experiences, marginal favourites, I think you can make a case that any of the other three teams could also qualify. So I think what suits Wales about playing America first is I think there are similarities in the USA and Wales in that you come into this tournament with one or two question marks. What is the best 11? Who is going to play in this position? Is player X going to be fit? It's not a 50-50 game. I think you would say the US are marginal favourites and have a perhaps a deeper pool of players, but it's exactly like Slovenia in the opening game of the Euros for Wales. It's a game they can win. Mm. I think Wales, if they could have picked out of the three, I think they would have picked the US. Not because they're the weakest side, but because I think Wales will think it's a game that on their best day, they could win. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, Tell me where people can find your work. On the BBC website, so um, www.bbc.co.uk uh, or .com for you guys, of course. Uh, so yeah, just the BBC website. Excellent. Well, there'll be a link to follow you, Michael, on Twitter in the show notes as well. That's it for this episode of The Backheeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out backheeled.com for stories on the U.S. men's national team, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you again soon. 